Hey everyone, it's Mike Stout back again for How About This, and on today's episode, we get straight up magical with it. We have Amanda Mack, who may as well be a witch or a wizard or a sorceress herself, in the studio with me and Jordan, talking about potions and horcruxes and charms and divination and all that jazz, as we give you our ideas on how to work with the Harry Potter franchise. So without further ado, here's our episode on Harry Potter. What's up, Internet? It's another episode of How About This? And we have a lovely show lined up for you today. I am Mike Staub, and with me, straight from potions class, the head boy of Slytherin House himself, Mr. Jordan Hugh. I would have failed potions. I, yeah. That would not, yeah, that, I, Snape wouldn't have liked me, and I was bad in science in school. I don't think that's the class for me. So what do you think your class is? Divination, because I'm pos I'm I'm positive that Sybil Trelawney was the school's drama teacher, and like you know, you could not read that in the books itself, but like off screen, or I should say off page, she was absolutely like coaching them through like the magical works of William Shakespeare, like the lost plays that you couldn't really do, like the oh, real Macbeth. Yeah, like the real one, Macbeth too. This time it's serious. Yeah, Macbeth, but like the main characters are the witches, and they just don't know why people keep fucking shit up. You know, <laughs> they just did Midsummer every year. Oh, <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. That's another voice that we have on the podcast. Joining us once again, we have yeah. the Queen of Honeydukes, the proudest of the snack gifting Hufflepuffs, Miss Amanda Mack. I would say Huffleclaw. Hufflepuffs. I was Ravenclaw for a while, yeah, and then I think I veered to like Hufflepuff. So I, I've combined the two and, and I, I've accepted my Hufflepuff status. Why a series keep doing this, whether it's, you know, Hunger Games or Divergent or whatever the hell, Harry Potter, people don't fit into just four categories. No, like no. There's, you need at least, I don't know, 10 to 12 would be good. At least you need the the eight to get the people that are in the in between the Hogwarts houses. I'm yeah, trapped between course. Slytherin and Ravenclaw myself. Yeah, no, I mean, I totally understand that because it's, like you said, there's not just four personality types, but hey, listen, we're choosing where people go based on what a hat thinks. Listen, they only had room for four houses, so yeah. it's more of like a, a plot of land issue yeah. rather than a... Uh... I think it would have been great if during the Harry Potter series at some point someone was like, we're still in the fifth house! Oh, actually, I think that would have been fucking awesome. Also, I want to acknowledge like a popular fan theory. That's right. I'm bringing a conspiracy theory right to the how about this Let me tell podcast. you something about right. this. This is about the frogs yeah. in, the, in the rain. This one's about, you know, been around forever, but they talk about the wisdom of the sorting hat and thinking that the sorting hat possibly kind of understands a lot more than anyone thinks and purposely took Ron, Hermione, Harry, and Neville and put them all in Gryffindor, even though there's only one Gryffindor in that group. And they were just like, yeah, I know that only Ron is a Gryffindor, but Harry's the chosen one. We can't put him in Slytherin. And he's going to need to be in this house with people that can help him. So they took like obvious Ravenclaw, obvious Hufflepuff, Obviously, they're like, just put them all in Ravenclaw. They'll get McGonagall. They get Dumbledore. They can summon the sword in the second book. They're going to need this shit. So I think oh. actually the sorting hat was the hero of the Harry Potter series. Let's let's actually get into what we're talking about today because we really didn't even discuss it. So I think the audience has figured it out I by think, now. I think the audience has figured out that we are talking Star about- Wars. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Star Episo Wars. Episode 10, The Mandel Baby Yoda. So that's right, everyone on the internet, we are talking about Harry Potter today. And as a little bit of a disclaimer, we know that, well, we know that Harry Potter is a tough subject to speak about in this day and yeah. age because writer and creator of the Harry Potter universe, J.K. Rowling. She who must not be named. She who, yeah, who has literally become the own villain of her story, has kind of gone out of her way to be 
incredibly nasty and unforgiving to um, the trans community, which is is really difficult because this is something that we obviously grew up loving and reading and watching all the movies and really investing ourselves in this world that was created by someone who has such horrible feelings towards a, a group of people. And it's just it's just kind of sad, you know, and it's kind of upsetting. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy we're starting off by sorting a, a sort of a, addressing the hippogriff in the room and talking about Rowling's <laughs> anti-trans views. Look, it's difficult. This, this is difficult whenever it comes up with one of my favorite authors or, or creators where it's like, well, how much can you still appreciate the work of the person when you know the person that made this is such a horrible person? I, I, I've confronted this earlier, I think notably with H.P. Lovecraft, who was a, a noted racist, like undeniably racist, but it's like, oh, but I still enjoy those stories. I don't enjoy the racist elements of the author. It's hard. It's one of those moments where you have to really consider your role in the debate of can you separate the art from the artist? I think we, all three of us, would like to express None of us agree with J.K. Rowling's views on the trans community. We are all very supportive of LGBTQ rights and, and, and everything that that entails. But we still appreciate the Harry Potter property, perhaps from what it means to us from growing up with those characters. And I think J.K. Rowling is in a unique spot because she created, strictly speaking, a property with a set of characters that are much better than she is, that have more integrity than she does herself. And I think that's the case for a lot of these creators. I agree with everything that you both have also just expressed. And to... Add to it on kind of a lighter note that I appreciate that the younger community has attributed to this because we discovered Harry Potter like I was 11 when the first book came out Harry Potter yeah. was 11 so it's, right. it's, you know, I grew up with it but there is a younger generation that has found it later and now. And I've seen I've seen it pop up a lot. So I don't know if it's a if it's a big part of their community that is doing this, but I appreciate it that they're attributing the books in the series as to have being written by Emma Watson. <laughs> so kind of their mentality is like, okay, well, we really like this this story and it does mean a lot to us, but we just we can't think about JK Rowling. So they literally have kind of attributed it to Emma Watson being the creator. And I know I that, that that's not fact I know that she didn't but I really I think that that's a I don't know I and like that they're doing that that's preferable I think that's preferable honestly what I, what I would like to see actually in the future and I this is before we even get to our pitches on what other Harry Potter properties could look like you know having read Harry Potter and the Cursed Child the wildly successful West End Broadway show I would actually like to see Harry Potter kind of go the route of George Lucas that's exactly the, what I was gonna say yeah where the culture of the world kind of says hey, this thing has kind of grown beyond the person that created it. The Wizarding World or a galaxy far, far away is just too much for one person to hold in their hands. And even though the person is still living, to give it to some other writers, see what some other people would like to do with this. I thought Jack Thorne did a great job with Cursed Child. I would love to see what other, other creators have to do with the Wizarding World. I think it's a wide space where there's plenty of room for everyone to exist. You know what? We've, we've acknowledged it. We'd love to see a future where J.K. Rowling doesn't have total control over Harry Potter and, and all that stuff. Some small part of me kind of hopes that she'll still come around to the, the the better view on this but i don't know damage is kind of already done it's kind yeah. of unforgivable at this point so it's uh you know don't really know what to do about that yeah no it's true but i think now it's time for the series to move on like you're saying and have yeah. other people work on it yeah so, so let's assume that whatever we're pitching today is going to be written by someone else Yes. Look Perfect. At that. Emma Watson. <laughs> Emma Watson. I think ultimately Harry Potter is a it's it's a it's a it's a franchise that we see so little of. It's all focused in really one spot. And now we just started to see more 
of the wizarding world with these um fantastic beasts movies that came out uh. but yeah which are, are not good but, oh my lord they're quite bad but we've seen so little right we've seen little pretty much everything is focused around hogwarts is it so little mike is it these fantastic beast movies they're like eight hours long each and they are just they feel endless they're eight hours long and they feel two days long they're well, very can, very long very bad movies well can we erase those two <laughs> have to i just i they're not i just i just can't believe how not good they are i can't believe how just totally like the it's just like oh we hear what the fans want let's do nothing like that yeah no i it's like (laughs) so i think when i think when we're getting into the discussion of what we'd want to do with a series yeah just instead instead of the fantastic beast movies could they do i i'm just going to forget to say this later while we're talking about it now could they do like one of those nature documentaries and just follow around the fantastic beasts and um, instead of showing the yes. plot be like here we have the native like whatever and it's yes. native habitat and, blah, 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 and like just have yeah. a wizard like narrate it instead i would much rather watch that that Let's would have been much happen. better. Also, I thought it was really weird to have them follow like, you know, it was basically like, this was a textbook that Harry had. Let's see how they made this textbook. I was like, this is a real stupid idea for a film. How about <laughs> Standard Book of Spells Grade 3, the movie, I think would be awesome. <laughs> no, I think you're right. I think it's one of those things where it's just, they were grasping at straws to kind of expand the universe and probably ran out of ideas, which is why we're here to come up with some ideas for them. Yeah. I so, just, wait, just, I'm sorry. I have to bash it one more time. I just... Wizarding World, it, it, through the lens of Crimes of Grindelwald and, and Fantastic Beasts, the first film was just like, it's like, it couldn't be more clear what they were going for. It was like, Warner's sitting with JK and being like, listen, the Harry Potter kids that, that read this have all grown up. We need an adult story that embraces international themes and brings in more characters, but don't make them too weird because we want you to tie them to the original story. And everybody will go, ah, it just sucks. It's so bad. Nature show. Give us oh, the yeah. nature, nature show. Nature show be so good. See, that's that's where you know my ideas come from for this. You know, like 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 how about this? You get away from the the tightness of of the universe a little bit and you scale it back a little. You go somewhere else, you see some other places, you follow some other wizards. Like, I don't think the future of the wizarding world needs to be tied to Harry and his friends. I feel like their story's already told. Yeah, you know, there there is a specialness to those characters that I think that that is very attractive to people. I, you know, my pitch doesn't center around necessarily Harry, but um it does it does keep it pretty close to that to that world. There was more story to tell. I I've been through the series like most people many many times. I'm on a reread right now. I've actually just gotten to the end of book 2 and I hope to finish all 7 by the end of the Christmas break. And I, I there is pockets of history where you're like, "Wow, where's that story?" And that's that's some of the stuff I would like to mine. But yeah, no, not Harry's story. Harry's story's done. I don't want to see any more of Harry. That's that's what I'm getting at. It's like we didn't need to see any more of like Luke's story in Star Wars because that was kind of done. Even though maybe it's not done. Maybe maybe uh, that they're gonna erase that stuff. We're not gonna talk about Star that's Wars. That's gonna be another though. podcast. <laughs> so so Jordan, why don't you start then? Why don't you give us your ideas? Sure. Here's my how about this? But isn't there supposed to be like a reaction when I do uh-huh. that? I think, ah, here we go. That was good. All right, I'll take that. Here's my how about this. I'm going to take the popular fan fiction or the popular fan theory and make it a reality. I want to see Hogwarts in the years of the Marauders. I want to go back to Sirius and Peter and, and Remus and James, and I want to do their story. I specifically want to expand their foursome to include rotating narrative chapters that include Severus and Lily as well, just to give a nice broad range there. Also, I think the Hogwarts of the years 1971 to 1978 specifically 
is a really cool time in history. It's a cool time in the UK. I think you can actually do a really cool story that also embraces, follow along with me, also embraces music. Yeah. I would love yeah. to see, you know, we, we have this, this sort of montage in, you know, Goblet yep. of Fire, both in the book and in the film where we have like cool wizarding music and we're like, okay, this is a this is a thing. It goes all the way back to like book two. I think the first time that we get any kind of inkling that there's some music out there that's unique to the to the wizarding world is, I believe the character is called Celestina Warbeck and Mrs. Weasley is listening to her on the radio in the burrow while she's making breakfast for Harry like the first night that he stays there. And you get this impression like, oh, wait a second, there are artists and things that are only known by the wizarding world. That's like a niche within a niche. I'm like, I want more of that. So I actually want kind of like a high school band story that is told with the Marauders. Cause like picture like Sirius Black with his like cool long rocker hair and like James Potter with his like long hair or whatever. I don't know, Peter can like, I don't know, he's fucking roadie or something like that, you know? <laughs> and they're like coming up through the years and yeah, James is the hotshot athlete and like Sirius is the bad boy and Lupin's the nerd and Peter's like, I don't know, whatever the fuck he's doing, you know? But they're also trying to like get this band together, right? And you know, Severus Snape, like he's into like Sabbath and like priest and stuff like that. Like he's into stuff that like, they're just not doing that stuff. You know, they're, they're, they're kind of on the, on the lighter side. They're doing like, you know, the who they're doing like David Bowie type stuff. They're doing like the crazy magical stuff. And I want to bring in magical, like wizarding rock stars that are going to like come and hold a, a competition in Hogsmeade. And there's going to be like a battle of the bands. And that's going to be like the big centering confrontation for at least the first book. I would plan on like a three book series because I want the kids when they're like a little bit older and the romance between James and the love triangle between James and Sirius, sorry, James and Severus and Lily is kind of like right at the forefront. The dynamics in the castle are different. That is a story of kind of the years between the wars. And then you can even start to push up where you're hedging up against like, hey, there's this growing power in Europe, there are these forces of darkness that are like coming into place and like, oh, something really bad is about to happen because Voldemort doesn't just kind of show up all at once. Like Hitler, he is building for years and you're watching the culture of Hogwarts and the Wizarding World is starting to change, you know. Nazi rock is a thing. I would like to see like almost like that version reflected in the Wizarding World of just like, oh, they're on the music scene, but like at some of these clubs they're going to, there's some really fucking rough people that are saying some really terrible stuff. Like they're hearing like, political speeches they like overhear a rally and stuff like that and you're hearing like some of the stuff that we never really got to see the missing part of the story in harry potter has always been what exactly did harry save us from we hear a lot we get a ton of stories it's true we get the story of the long bottoms and the potters and and umpteen others but we don't really see what it was like to live in the time of lord voldemort we know it is a time that we never want to go back to and that people are literally celebrating with fireworks and shooting stars on the day that they find out the fucker is finally dead but I want to see some of the threat that emerged, the people that tried to stop it, the heroes that emerged. Uh, I think there's a lot to be told there. And I specifically want to tell it through music. I think that would be you know, really a cool way to go about things. Also, it's going to add some depth to some, to some characters we didn't get to spend enough time with. I always feel like Sirius Black is the short-changed character in the seven novel series that was standard. We wanted him and Harry to have more of a relationship. They both did, you know, but we're taken away from Sirius far too soon. I would even maybe center it on Sirius or, or Lupin. The character I don't really want to center on is James. Yeah. Not because I think James sucks. I think James is a great dynamic character, but there's, I think James is actually relatively ordinary when you compare him to the other four. I kind of want to know more about Peter Pettigrew. I think there's a lot to be said about kids that have like low self-esteem and they fall in with like the wrong habits and thoughts about themselves and like how that develops over time. I want to check in with Lily. She comes from a muggle family. That's really interesting. We can see teen Petunia. Uh, I think that's 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 a good source of some good stuff there. Um, 
think of the struggle, the first struggles of Lupin going through this transformation and his friends deciding that they're going to save him from himself by becoming an Magi. Uh, I think there's, there's so much good stuff in the Marauder's Tale. And I'm not really saying anything new, except for the music shit. That shit's tight. But like people have been talking about uh, like a Marauder's era story forever. And whether it's like one big, thick, fat book or it's like a three-year story where it just takes you through like their sophomore to their senior year, I think there's a lot of worthwhile stuff there just to see a little bit of the glory days, but also a little bit of the dark days. You know, I agree. I think there's a lot of a lot from the Marauders we just never really hear about. Like, yeah. it's it's about it's a bunch of dads who never get to tell their story to their kids. You know, it's like it's like all right. oh, the, the glory days. And and you know, a lot of a lot of stories and a lot of books and a lot of movies like to do that. They like to talk about the glory days a little bit when they have these older characters. But in Harry Potter, they focus so much on Harry and his friends that they really never get to dive into what it was like to be at Hogwarts at that point in time. And you're right. And also, like you were talking about, like the political rallies, you're talking about all this stuff. Imagine being like Lily at this point. Yeah. When, when Voldemort's rising to power and yeah. talking about how to get rid of, you know, the mudbloods and how to get rid of this curse and how that yeah. magic. It's just all it, very yeah, interesting. It will, it will probably look a little bit of a little bit, little bit like the rise of the British fascist party which during is, the time of Hitler, which is kind of what Rowling is, is writing about. Yeah. You mentioned a lot about music and it got my brain kind of spinning on a, a, a different but related thing where we have like Harry and the Potters, which is a band that exists in our muggle world that just writes like tribute music about yeah. the Harry Potter universe. It would be very cool if along with those books and the new story you're suggesting, there was actually like a studio album produced of the characters <laughs> that you're talking about so that, that we could actually like hear and it doesn't have to be necessarily like one artist for a whole album. It could be like a compilation CD of like the Wizarding World. Uh, now that's what I call music volume seven. <laughs> you know, that would be, that would just be a very cool like thing to include in either like the pocket of the book or like the the cover. I, I just yeah. kind of came with it. That I, would be, I would very much like to hear it and how it differs from uh, Muggle music. Like what instrument? Yeah. Are they oh using? my God. Yes. But, that's so cool. You know, that, that's what I want to hear to go along with that. And that's something you could listen to while you're reading it. Cause when I read books and when I had, I, I always had some kind of soundtrack playing, whether it was like a band with lyrics or instrumental so I could focus more, but that, that would just be a very cool soundtrack to go along with the story. I want to hear that. I, Absolutely. And, and I just, I felt so much that like, you know, heavy metal kind of originated with kind of like this mysticism gimmick and like a lot of magic going on. Like, you know, all of heavy metal was just like, you know, it was so much of it was, fucking, you know, Sabbath and, you know, yeah. Zeppelin and like all the magical imagery of what was going on at the time. And I was like, there's got to be something you could do to Harry. You know, what if you find out that that sound originated in the wizarding world oh, and then the yeah. muggles, wow. muggles co-opted it and you fucking find out that, I don't know, Ozzy is a wizard and he's <laughs> crossed over into the muggle world. He's just living there now. Black Sabbath does have a song called The Wizard. I'm just saying. Hey, look at I'm that. just saying. Yeah, a lot of that, a lot of that 70s, early, late 60s, early 70s heavy metal is completely influenced by stuff like J.R.R. Tolkien, uh, especially Led Zeppelin, that yeah. Led Zeppelin has flat out songs that are about the Lord of the Rings, or yeah. at least mention, you know, things like Gollum and the ring and, and the war and all that stuff. So that's, I love that idea. Listen, David Bowie's not dead. He's just back in the wizarding world. He spent his time with the muggles. Oh yeah. Like, all right, now, now I'm, I'm done. So bye oh, yeah. guys. And it's his, it's his battle of the bands. Like the Zippy yeah. Stardust comes to Hogsmeade and he's like, all right, this is what's, this is what's happening. It's very clear that David Bowie is now the headmaster at Hogwarts <laughs> after leaving the muggle world and returning to where, re returning to his birthright as, <laughs> that's right. 
as headmaster. Also, like on top of this, it's a very interesting time. And like you were saying, and I, I love this idea because you've got Harry Potter has some scares in it. There's some fear in it, but it's fear of the unknown of what could potentially happen not fear of living through a traumatic event or a traumatic time period for these people, totally. which I think there's a different, a totally different emotion there. And I think it's a different style of fear. Yeah. And these guys are kind of like, they're kind of like renegades, right? The Marauders were like, you know, they were, they were these renegades against this kind yeah. of evil. They are the Weasley brothers before the time of the Weasley brothers. They are like, essentially, they are like the ultimate rule breakers at Hogwarts. But I think just like with the Weasley brothers and Dumbledore, with Harry Potter and Dumbledore, it's like some rules, they're like, I'm okay with these rules being broken, you know? And I, I you know, I'm not going grimdark with this. I don't no. want the movies to be about fascism. But like, I want the vibe from like Almost Famous or That Thing You Do or whatever. Yeah. It's just like, it's a, yeah. it's, it's a movie about the band, you know, or it's, these are books about the band. I like it. I like that a whole lot. And also it gives you that whole being able to to tie this to something that exists outside the Wizarding World is also very nice. Like I, I want to see that. them like go on tour in the summer and they're like, oh, we're yes. okay. We just we just finished our our, I don't know, fifth year at Hogwarts. It's time to take the Marauders on the road. All right, do let's do it. they have a flying car? <laughs> oh, they have a flying uh, VW. A flying tour bus? <laughs> flying VW tour bus. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's so good. They probably should get it from Arthur Weasley. <laughs> yeah they should arthur weasley i think is too young but yeah or is he actually, too young no he'd be he'd be a little older than them but probably not enough older to like have bought a bus from oh okay because i think that would be perfect imagine if they bought it from him he's like oh i, I got to, this bus <laughs> yeah i have to check the years actually i think you're right i think i think if i look at the overlap i think arthur and molly were at hogwarts at the same time as james and lily of the gang i think they were i think ron's parents are a little older than Harry's parents, because remember, Ron's parents have already had like Bill and Charlie and the older yeah, kids, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. even though Ron is Harry's age. So they, they've been around a little bit longer. I'm not sure if they missed each other at Hogwarts. Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe if if they did, maybe by just a little, but you're right. They Ron is one of the younger kids, right? Yeah, so. Yeah. Honestly, you know what though? Just to get Arthur Weasley back in the fold, one of my favorite characters. Yeah, actually, fuck it. Yeah, they bought the bus from him. He's like, oh man, I was doing some experiments <laughs> and I, I made a flying big W bus. That's wicked cool. Yeah, <laughs> these muggles will never see what's coming. Are you going to buy it? Also, yeah. how cool would it be? Because he's so obsessed with like muggle technology yeah, yeah. that he would have like a real muggle record player and he could bring in records oh, from the man, muggle that's world. That's so cool. Wait, right? and actually, they can hire Arthur to like make it look like their magical equipment actually is muggle equipment. Yeah. And, like some roadie like accidentally kicks off like the front of their base and they're like, oh my God, there's just like fairy magic inside of here. There's nothing inside these amps. How are they doing this? I love this. Yeah, it's, I think it'd be really, really good. Oh my God, Lupin's like turning into a werewolf on like the first night of like the big concert or whatever. And like the moon is rising. People are like, he's a fucking werewolf and shit. Oh my God. Yo guys, I can see, I the, I can see the scenes unfolding. Do you see, you see that band? Yeah, they're singing was a werewolf. Oh yeah. Whoa. <laughs> what yeah. kind of makeup were they using? I don't oh, know. Oh actually, wait, it's wait. It's just like an Iron we, Maiden show. Yeah. You know, they're just playing and instead of Eddie coming out, Lupin just fucking turns into a werewolf and they're like, yes, metal! Oh! We, ha we have to talk about this. If it's the four Marauders, what instruments do these guys play? What position in the band do they have? I have to uh, say, I don't think Lupin works as the singer. I think dude's no. too shy. Yeah. He is bass player. probably Lupin bass, plays the bass. bass player hangs out in the back, doesn't talk. Well, the bass player from uh, that thing you do is literally called the Wolfman. Yeah. So, I mean. Actually, TV well, player. TV player. Well, the Wolf second Man bass player. Wolfman replaces TV player. Yeah. All yeah. right. So, so I think bass. I'm going to put, so it's, 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 this is really the question. It is, is Sirius the singer? He has, the problem is Sirius has all the looks and all the mystique like in one. 
can this fucking dude also sing or is he like our lead guitarist? How do we want to do this? We'd have to ask Gary I think Oldman. James Potter is the lead guitarist. Okay, but not the lead singer. No. Okay. Yeah. So I, I think he is he James Potter's lead guitarist. Sirius is the vocalist and rhythm guitar. I think so, because James Potter is enough of a prick that he would be the lead guitar player. Okay, great. And this leaves Pettigrew <laughs> on drums, and we're we're comfortable with that, I guess, right? Uh yeah. I think he was Pettigrew's the Pettigrew's guy. on drums, and they treat him like Ringo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Also, fucking Wormtail's a fucking sick ass name for a drummer. That's <laughs> awesome. That's like the first time he's ever felt cool. It's like I can keep rhythm. Imagine <laughs> if he turns into a rat and plays the drums like by jumping back and forth between them. Oh, yeah, that's fucking great. Actually, I think you know what? I think they all play the drums better than Peter, so they've enchanted the drum set, so like even he can't fuck it up, and he just gets to like feel cool. Yeah, I I like that. I like that. That's a good one. And I I think um I mean listen, you can always probably this is a magic universe that you know the sky is really the limit to what these yeah. mag magicians can do. So if, if Sirius isn't a good singer, he just enchants his voice. I was going to say, I think that's also if that is the wizarding lineup of, of instruments. So kind of, it's like, oh, do they have other instruments that we're not aware of? Right. That would they be... probably should. Yeah. They should probably have wizard instruments. But you know what, though? They do play like, they play wizard chess and they have a lot of the same utensils and things like that. that that's that wizard chess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Even their suites and stuff involve the same exact, the same things that we have. So I would imagine, because there was definitely a point at some time where humans and wizards in this universe had to have known of each other more more oh yeah they did commonly yeah Does james play a 12 string guitar why not yeah yeah, oh, yeah james is high school james is awful oh my god <laughs> he's just that guy he's like the the hardest the star quidditch player also the best lead guitar player i have i have a little comment on that you're totally right he's a douchebag but i think he ends up with like a you know steve from stranger things kind of thing you know what i mean like he's all oh. about the hair and the looks and being popular and then senior year he does a whole fucking flip and people are like, oh, I guess Works James Potter's cream shop. Yeah, I was like, I guess James Potter is really cool, actually. Oh, well, scoops ahoy, baby. <laughs> <laughs> scoops. So oh, he, we'll, we'll see. We'll see his heart. I think, you know, yeah, I think, I think so. We, we want to know that James is actually a cool guy, despite what, what Severus thinks of him. The Severus chapters would be fucking cool, too. Oh, of course they would, because he would like maybe he secretly loves the music, but hates them so much that he can't admit it. Oh, wait, 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 wait. He fucking. Severus hears this music. For some reason, he doesn't see the band. I don't know. Maybe he hears them on the radio or he goes to a show and he's like hiding outside or something. He can't hear them. He's like, it's like the best fucking band he's ever heard. So he tracks them down. He's like, oh, who are the Marauders? And he's like, oh my God, it's James Potter's band. I can't believe I love this band. And then he's torn up. He's torn up from the floor up because he can't stand that he loves this band that is actually like his worst enemies in the band. He actually creates emo because of this <laughs> in response yeah i think severus can sing too i think he's got a fucking sick judas priest voice yeah. <laughs> i think that's absolutely like his his thing and like he's in the band competition as well so is lucius fucking malfoy that guy's oh, metal yeah. it's totally metal <laughs> that's uh well, yeah. just look at that guy <laughs> that, that guy that guy is so metal like he looks like a heavy metal album cover yeah all the death eaters were metal they were either like metal glam or they were the roadies well, listen, they're called the Death Eaters. Yeah. Come like on. how metal is that? Like yeah, absolutely. Their logo is a snake is a, a skull with a snake in it. Like it's it's yeah. super metal. But actually legit. Actually, this this brings up a good point. I'm sorry we're taking so long on my pitch, by the way. But oh go for uh, it. Maybe they're like doing like one of their shows, just like trying to gain some notoriety and it's the summer or whatever. And they go to one of the shows and they hear like this young man espousing like these fascist values of the Death Eaters and about the rise of Lord Voldemort. 
And out in the streets, they look and it's this guy with like white blonde hair. And they're like, oh shit, that's, that's Lucius Malfoy from school. Like, oh shit, he's joined like this, you know, Death Eater youth cult. That's not good. I think that there's a lot, that you can do a lot with that. Yeah, I think it's a really interesting time period to take to, to take a look at. Yeah, music is, like you said, it's something in Harry Potter that's completely glazed over. And it's such a big yeah, part not of enough time. It's in not the movie time. for It's in the movies for a little bit. And like you yeah, see it when Flitwick is conducting the orchestra yeah. at one point. Yeah. And then also when there's the party in the common room, like that's the first yep. time you actually see them kind of like jamming out to a band so it's like oh this exists in this world so like you see it yeah you see it a little bit i mean i, I haven't read the books in a long time admittedly they get, so i don't remember exactly they get the what. they get the weird sisters to play the yule ball which is like yes. a famous group in the in the wizarding world and then we, we again i mentioned her celestina warbeck is is very much loved by mrs weasley but really other than those two i can almost name no legit bands in the wizarding world that are strictly like wizarding bands yeah and I think there's that one scene in one of the movies, I think when they're fighting the Boggart that Oh yeah, on the where, old uh where, whatever, yeah. yeah, where where Lupin puts, I think he puts in the mood, right? Oh no, sing sing sing. He puts sing sing on the sing, Victrola, the, the yeah. Ja- yeah, the jazz the jazz record. So yeah, there is definitely music. It's just like it's something that especially with like fantasy and stuff that's such a big deal. Also, like, yeah, there was there's there had to have been instruments. There had to have been music. These kids, you know, they're a bunch of high school kids. It's like that's not something that's completely just tied to the muggle world. You see there's a sports program because Quidditch, but is there an arts program? Yeah, that is a fair question. Yeah. I always imagined it was happening off page or yeah. off screen. Uh, I mentioned earlier, I think, you know, <laughs> Trelawney doing the drama club would be great. There need to, yep. there had to, magical theater is like, come on, like obvious. Like, why would you not do that? You know, come on. <laughs> I totally agree it's that seems like something that has to happen has oh to actually exist. actually this could be a really fun gimme it's just like these are the last years there was a hogwarts drama program because something went terribly wrong during a production of like i don't know the tempest or something like that you know <laughs> they couldn't it's, control the sea the ocean. right yeah it was always the tempest yeah it's like professor slughorn's like putting a production together and he just like totally fucks it up and they're like that's it no more drama or musicals at hogwarts that's it forget it no more it's a shame the sea rose <laughs> Prospero dies in the ocean. Yeah, it was real, real sad. Real, real sad. sad. Real Lost sad. a lot of points for Slytherin that night. I, I could see the Scottish play wreaking havoc at Hogwarts, though. Oh, yeah. Like that one specifically, bringing that back. Like, <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. All right. That, that's me. So, Amanda, what are you thinking? So I have a couple of small things. The first thing that came to my head. Oh, wait, you got to say the thing. Well, I, I will. I will. Oh, I'm sorry. Never mind. But the, I, the, the I, first I thing that came to my head was actually a piece of, of merchandise that you would uh, purchase as a sort of toy. So how about this? Woo! We all grew up with the Easy Bake Oven or even a Creepy Crawler type scenario. Creepy so Crawler! Exactly. The first thing that I thought of, and this is a very short pitch, is almost something that would take potions class but give you something substantial at the end. So somewhat like an Easy Bake Oven where you have a cauldron and they give you ingredients and you mix them all together and it turns into either a cake or a smoothie or some wow. like green bullshit that you end up with at the end of it that you can eat <laughs> or I don't even know what, but something like it. that where it's like, here's a potion, here's a cauldron, mix it together, push this button, wait for the magic to happen. Now you have cupcakes, you know, I don't, I don't know. They'd be called but cauldron cakes. Cauldron cakes. I love this. Yeah. So like a like a potions easy bake oven. Merry Christmas. Yes, that was and awesome. Then, <laughs> so I, I I would like I would like that. I know you would. I would so uh, when it gets invented by a toy company that hears this podcast, please send me one. 
Um, you were you were more into the green stuff, I think. It's delicious. <laughs> but as far as a a more continuous property, how about this? So we're seeing a lot of streaming shows popping up these days, especially the past week. There were a lot of trailers coming out. There were continuations of stories from certain properties that we love. There is a show on Netflix that Mike and I watch sometimes called Midnight Diner. And it is this diner in Japan that only opens at midnight. And every episode you see like a different group of characters come in and it's kind of like a contained story. So I kind of want to take the... It's based on a manga too, right? Yeah. That mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to take the premise of that where it, you have a little slice of life experience at this diner for a half hour, but also combine it maybe with like cheers and set it at the three broomsticks and kind of see what life is like for the people that work at the three broomsticks and the passersby wow. and all of the interactions and the negotiations and the random stuff that happens there because it's just you. Everyone goes there. It's a place that's frequented by so many different wizards from so many different walks of life, plus Hogwarts students, plus there's a staff that works and like lives within the three broomsticks. So I want to see the story of that building and all of the secrets it knows and all of the little holes in the wall there and just the behind the scenes of what, what happens there. Everyone goes there. Everyone knows that place. It's where everybody knows your name, right? Cheers. Wow. So take cheers <laughs> and night night combine it into the three broomsticks. That's I, that's such a good idea. And you could like you basically anthologize the show as well. Because yeah. you could really have totally new things every episode. I would all can we just like fan cast Madame Rosmerta for a moment? I think <laughs> sure. she's so cool. I, I know this like is not how she's described, but like I just love Tandy Newton and I try to like <laughs> put her in any like fan cast project in my mind, and she's like English or something. Put her in there. I think she'd be awesome as Madame Rosemarita. How about that? I, I think she's great and I think she needs to be in more. So I think that's a great fan casting. I had an alternate version of the same show also where it took on, I don't know if you're familiar with like Vanderpump rules at all, but it's this no. like <laughs> reality show that takes place at this restaurant. So it could either go the sitcom route or the isolated story route, or literally like there's confessionals and it's a, a reality show where the staff from the three broomsticks <laughs> goes and is like just bents about life working there and it's it's done in like a reality or a uh, a mockumentary style as well oh my god yeah do you think they would hate everyone from the hogshead do you think that they have a rivalry with the hogshead people yes they absolutely do yeah the hogshead is the old man bar in town yeah. <laughs> yeah. i actually think too with something like that you could you could do the three broomsticks and then if you wanted to expand a leaky cauldron would be as interesting yes to do That's as true. well yeah leaky cauldron is a little tough because like you get londoners in there as yeah. well and it's like oh okay so i guess this is we'll show them how they interact with like muggles and shit but actually i love the leaky cauldron actually one of my favorite sequences is in any of the books is the brief period of time that harry actually has to live at the leaky cauldron in book three when you know sirius is out to get him allegedly and he's just come off the night bus. No, it's true. And it's actually the only time I ever liked Cornelius Fudge was during that, (laughs) that, that time. And it's interesting too, because the Leaky Cauldron is a spot that's like at the nexus between two worlds. Yeah. So it's very interesting to have that. So if you're going to have a show that obviously the three broomsticks is, is very interesting because it shows you like what life is like for these people within the wizarding world. And then if you do an offshoot of the leaky cauldron, because that's what midnight diner does too. So midnight diner has midnight diner and then they have midnight diner, Tokyo. So what you do is you can have an offshoot that gives you kind of like this weird thing where it's just like, Oh yeah. And then we, we run into real people. So it's just like an actual, just regular muggle hanging out at this crazy wizard bar. I think it's very interesting. I think it's great. And I think it's something that your idea is great 
because it centers around one place that like so many people come in and out. And like you said, what secrets does that bar know? I'm very big also about not necessarily telling a set story, but just getting slice of life, you know, just yeah. having a little, cause it takes place within that half hour. And sometimes midnight diner takes place over a couple of days too, but, but it's, it, it's always within that time, you know? So even if they go to the next day, it's that same time you know, in the same place. It never leaves that that space. And you kind of really do get to experience that setting and those set people. Yeah, so many people who live in the world that aren't part of the whole war with Voldemort. Maybe there's some interesting passers-by that just aren't invested in it. It's kind of like we spend so much time between the two parties who are at each other's uh, throats in these in this universe it's it's it would be nice to see some other folks that you know are just passing through or maybe they have something just going having on a butterbeer together yeah they could just you know go into that and they could talk about their experiences there and maybe sometimes you do get someone who's you know more notable maybe another famous book character maybe gilderoy lockhart has to come through you know maybe uh-huh. or- <laughs> yes yes please there's also there's a certain wholesomeness to the idea that i think yeah. is actually really nice i think wholesome is underrated so that's cool <laughs> i just thought of this now so I didn't premeditate this at all, but the slice better. of life, it, it may already exist, but if it doesn't, I kind of want it to. And this goes along with you before saying uh, Molly Weasley is kind of listening to music on the radio. Does that then mean that there are wizarding radio stations? And oh, it would yeah. be very cool if there was like a podcast or a an episodic thing that instead of people talking about it, it was literally hearing a wizarding news show and then having somebody flipping through stations and be like, oh, now you're getting coverage of a Quidditch match that's happening in real time. And oh, now you're getting the second half of a song that you just tuned on to. So if it was like a half hour, again, slice of life of what it's like to listen to wizarding radio. Yeah. That's great. That's real good. That's a really good idea. So it's like a Prairie Home Companion, but like yeah. for the visiting world. I love we, that. We almost get that with the whole like top secret broadcast with what, Lee Jordan? Um, in the seventh book, yeah. In the seventh book where they kind of have like their renegade radio type thing. So that's like, that's like something where uh, that would be cool to have like that kind of feel to it where there's like you're like you're someone's literally changing the channel that's great and also now that we're getting more audio content in terms of like entertainment like marvel's putting out like audio comics now and and stuff like that i think that's a really cool idea for something especially the franchise like this i like that idea a lot noise a good listen for the car you know yeah you know uh there's so much stuff out there to listen to it's just sometimes it's it's nice to have something that's a, a little bit more i guess honed in on something like on the medium because it's it's confusing you go to the podcast app and there are just too many podcasts to listen to so to have something that jumps out like that it's like oh awesome let's uh let's see what this is all about and you know you can have your your wizarding hour every mike mike you've been sorted you're up i am tired of like the fan theory stuff of what happens after Harry graduates in the time between Harry graduating from Hogwarts and him drop and them dropping off the kids to get on the train. I'm kind of done with their story. I'm not interested in Harry's years where he- You're mad as hell. And you're not going to take it anymore. I'm going to flip the table. <laughs> you know, I'm just, I don't, I don't need to hear more about Harry Potter's story. I don't need that voyage. I'm done right? I've heard it. We know what happens. He beat Voldemort. <laughs> right. There's no- All was well. All, All was well. well. We don't need any more. All was well. All she said it. It's, was a, well. it's, it's over. 
Exactly. So actually part of the point that I find funny is like, why is Harry like, oh, I'm going to be an horror now that the worst thing that's ever happened is. Oh, going on. Yeah. So it's just like, all right, cool. You can be a, a wizard knight or whatever the auras are. High school jock becomes cop. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> you saw that coming. Him and his, him and his, his doofus friend Ron are going to beat up on, on wizarding criminals. Oh my God. Imagine like you get arrested. It's like, I- Wait a minute, are you are you Harry Potter? I'm being yeah. arrested by Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now get on the ground. <laughs> get on no. the ground before I knock you off your broom. <laughs> it's like blue bloods, but it's fucking Harry Potter and Ron Weasley, a fucking cop show. Which one has the mustache? Tom Selleck. Ron. Ron has the mustache. Ron hundred <laughs> percent has the mustache. A big red, a big red stupid mustache. Yeah. And you know that Harry like does nothing but show off the scar. Like his hair oh, yeah. is always parted to be like oh shit, it's Potter. Fucking Lieutenant Potter is coming this way. And like Ron can't get the promotion. Like, you know, (laughs) Harry's like detective Lieutenant Orr and like Ron's just a fucking sergeant second class. Like can't get, can't get the bump. I want that show when he like the fucking minister of magic and he can't make fucking lieutenant. <laughs> I want that. I want the uh, I want the last season of that show and Ron get like get like hexed like two weeks from retirement. Like oh. Ron with a mustache. Like, I'm getting too old for this shit, Harry. <laughs> I can't take it anymore. He was just two weeks from retirement. <laughs> <laughs> so anywho, I'm tired of like here reading the same the same stories about these characters like i don't need their story anymore i'm done that's why i like i understand people really like cursed child but i'm not super jazzed about reading it because i'm like eh, this story's done i think i'd rather see it yeah yeah it's probably amazing to see um my interest with the wizarding world and this is usually where my interest goes after we finish the series i want to know about everything else that's out there at in the in the far reaches of space that's going further and further away from the main story and getting into other stuff. Like would, alien stuff? No, 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 yes. no. Not like, no. Like alien stuff. <laughs> I'm not it's saying it's just this is about Star Wars I'm not saying as this is yes. established. In There's the a Star Wars episode after all. I'm not saying it's aliens. But it's aliens. But it's aliens. But it's aliens, yeah. Actually, no, to be, I think to me, I would love to see a series, whether it's a book, whether it's a, a, a TV series. I don't know if I'm really into seeing this as like a movie. But I would love to go back to when magic was something that existed within the muggle world. It was clear that at some point, or to me, right? The wizarding world is very much built like it's the old world, right? Hogwarts is a is a medieval style castle, essentially, right? It's enchanted and does all these enchanted things. But Hogwarts is a big castle, right? There had to have been some point in time where the magic world and the, the muggle world was more kind of together right? Almost in like a, a Dungeons and Dragons aspect. They say things that reference Merlin all the time. Was Merlin someone in their history? Like, was yeah. he a, an actual wizard that yeah. existed in that? Do, 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 the, do the, the magic users and the wizarding world, do those people actually come down from Merlin? You know, is that something? Yeah, that's an interesting jumping off point. Yeah, Merlin is in their world, but we don't know anything about him. We know exactly. that uh, we have the Order of Merlin, which is like basically their Nobel Peace Prize. If you yeah. receive the Order of Merlin, you're basically a Nobel Prize winner, which Dumbledore has won. Um, Merlin is a figure that appears on chocolate frog cards, along yes. with other characters from history that we know, like Ptolemy and Agrippa. When you know about the International Statute for Magical Secrecy of 1692, which I think is they make it official that wizards have to hide from muggles, but that's interesting. It's like, what was like the official event that was just like, hey, everybody stop doing magic in front of everybody else. 
Yeah, when was their Men in Black event to where they were like, we're going to be in hiding and we're going to make sure that nobody remembers that we existed? So it was as, as I'm saying far back, meaning as recent, I guess it was as recent as 1962 that that was passed. I think you said 1692. Okay, so I switched some numbers around and made it very different. (laughs) The the swing in 60s, no magic. 1692, which I think is the witch trials. I think that's why they picked that year. Yeah. Yeah, that might have been the thing. And that's another thing, right? We never see the rest of the world, really. I was going to blame the British invasion on that because 1962 (laughs) would have been before the Beatles coming over in 1964, I believe. So that would explain a lot if that's when everything kind of... Oh, this music is clearly witchcraft! Some of our boys got out and they're bewitching the Americans. (laughs) (laughs) It's those Beatles. I I would love to see the world exist when humans and muggles were together now whether this is something like i don't want it to be too tied to like arthurian legend yeah but it would be cool to have like hey you've kind of got these stories of like kind of like dungeons and dragons style stories of like wizardry and wizards working alongside of other types of knights and things like that give us some more of that enrichment to see what it was like when humans and when muggles rather not humans because they are humans were muggles and and wizards and those worlds were more more the same before they had to go into hiding and you know what you can have it lead up to the secrecy act you can have it lead up to the point where it's just like what set us astray why did the wizards have to go into hiding why did the witches have to go into hiding is it because of the salem witch trials you know you can even play it into that and 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 give a give give more of a give more of a worldly aspect and see how how wizarding and and magic traveled from England and the UK to the rest or, or parts of the rest of the world how it came to America or even give us some more of that give us some more of the open worldness of it all in some sort of anthology series that kind of follows different wizards throughout the time because I really I'm always interested in the history of these worlds I'm always interested in seeing more about where they came from how it existed. We always get in these stories, we always get a slice of the world as we know it, right? As it exists now without any of the background. So I'm always interested to see how the background happened. And I think if we could tie it to Merlin a little bit, but I would love to see that and those adventures that happened maybe in the 15, 1600s before everything kind of gets shut down and why they had to go into hiding. Because I don't really know enough about that. Maybe we can read more into that secrecy act and what did it. But I would love to see the events that lead up to that. And I know Fantastic Beasts was trying to kind of like, we're going to put this kind of in the real world, but it failed ultimately. So I think I think the what we could do here is do something where we're seeing wizards alongside of muggles, but they work together, right? There is something going on. And I'm a sucker for any type of story, and you know this, Jordan, firsthand, that involves two worlds that exist alongside each other and how they can work together. I always find that very interesting. And we see in Harry Potter, we see those worlds completely cut off from one another for the most part, for the most part. And I would love to see the melding and the blending of two, those two worlds before they get split and why they ultimately need to get split. And I think if we can have a series of adventurers and adventurers that do these type of things, maybe they go after some of these, these artifacts. Um, maybe at some point, you know, we get the Deathly Hallows in there because that's something I would love to see more of, like where they oh, came yeah, from. I would love yeah. to see that the story of those brothers um, that, were, that were going after them. Maybe you do a story at some point where, you know, it's the beginnings of the Elder Wand essentially killing its way to, to the top, you know? So there's a, lot, yeah. there's a lot out there that we haven't explored. I'm, I'm actually looking it up right now just to see where we're at with like the years that we're talking about. But like, oh, okay, you know what? Yeah, 
I was looking up like when was the founding of Hogwarts because I thought that would be cool, but actually that's <laughs> that's the tenth century. <laughs> Oh, so wow. that is too early. It would be cool to see what Hogwarts was like in like the 14, 15, 1600s as well. Yeah, it would be cool to see that, especially if like Muggles knew about it. You know, if Muggles knew it was there and, you know, it was something that you kind of got selected to go to and, you know, something that, yeah. Like, were there Muggle Quidditch fans before then? Like, when did Quidditch start? Oh, yeah, word. I don't like, know. I don't know. I never read Quidditch Through the Ages. That was one of the, uh, the supplemental books that I did not read. Yeah. I'm so- sure there will be a movie about it soon. And like, yeah, yeah, much like the nature show idea, they should just uh, right. do like an actual match that you right, just one Quidditch match. And for what, whatever reason, Tom Hardy will be in the movie because he's in everything now. <laughs> and he's like the one UK guy that wasn't in the Harry Potter stuff. Oh, he wasn't yeah. like that popular yet. Yeah, there was no Tom Hardy in any of that, at any of those. And Patrick, and no Patrick Stewart either. We'll put in Tom Hardy, Killian Murphy, Benedict Cumberbatch, like anybody that just missed it. We'll put them all in. Benedict Cumberbatch also has a Harry Potter name. He does. Yeah, they're like, actually he won't, himself. Yeah, he won't get a new name. He's just Benedict Cumberbatch. That I would I'm always interested in that. I'm also interested in more I think one of my favorite and most interesting characters in the Harry Potter universe is Dumbledore. And I think we yeah. see very little of his story. We see the end of his story. And I know they brought young Dumbledore in. Yeah, we get a, a lot young- more of his story now. We have fucking Oh wait, no spoilers I guess for Crimes of Grindelwald. Fucking- uh, no, you could spoil it. Uh, uh, well, now that fucking Credence is, in fact, the Dumbledore as well. Now we know that whatever the third film is just going to be all the Dumbledore, 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 Dumbledore. So I guess we'll get more Dumbledore with this new movie. But I would love to see like young Dumbledore, like Dumbledore. what it was like young Dumbledore. Yeah, I would Dumbledore. love Dumbledore. See- Dumbledore. Dumbledore. Yeah. I would love to see more of that. I think he's an interesting character to see how he gets to the place that he is he's at at the end and how his rise to headmaster and all that stuff. But if a movie's already going to do that, well, I guess my idea is stupid then. I don't know if we're going to see his rise to headmaster, but we're going to have to see like the resolution between him and this like fucking sibling they just invented for the sake of these movies, which is bad writing. It's bad. Very he, bad. He already had a brother. No. Yeah. He has Aberforth and he yeah. has the the young daughter, the the sister. I always forget her name. She's got a nice name. What the hell's her name? Yes. Agatha. Agatha. Hang on. Agatha we have to look this Christian. up. I can't, I can't let this stand. Ariana, Ariana Dumbledore. Yeah, I remember her name being unusually nice. Yeah, Ariana Dumbledore and her brothers with the two stupid names, Albus and Aberforth Dumbledore. Uh, yeah, she has this wonderful tragic backstory and now it's totally undercut by Credence's even more tragic backstory. It's like, oh my God, just leave it alone, JK. Just Why does his give it a fucking rest. A also, like there's a clear pattern established and they just threw it out the window. Oh, but wait, because he has a real name. I think it does start with an A. Uh- <laughs> Okay. What is Credence's real name? Yeah, Aurelius. It does start with an A. Aurelius okay. Dumbledore. I was so about to it. say, I'm like, it's it doesn't even make any sense. There was it's a clear bad. pattern established. Yeah. Like I hate it. It's stupid. Stupid. <laughs> stupid. That's that's worse than Ray Palpatine, in my opinion. Throw oh, it out God. the window. I'm sorry, Ray, Ray Skywalker. You're a you're a Palpatine. Oh Ray, my fucking God. See, Ray, this is a Star Wars podcast. Ray Skywalker, you mean? No, I don't buy it. Honestly. Not real. Not my Skywalker. Yeah. But yeah, no. So that's where I'm coming from with with my take on the Wizarding World. Uh, like I said, I would love it to have series and spinoffs and things like that that exist with outside of Hogwarts. Like I would love to see also like we don't really see any other Wizarding schools, right? We don't see the others. We see right. characters from those schools. And we have one book where they're really prominent, but like outside of outside of Goblet of Fire, we don't yeah. really see anything else. The, those schools are also like <laughs> fucking JK Rowling. It's like the most stereotypical version of what those schools could have been, right? Bobaton is just like, oh yes, we are we are very stuck up in French. And look at us, we only value beauty and narcissism. Oh, may we. Uh, and uh, you know, Durmstrang is just like, 
we are basically just the Nazi school in hiding. You know, already we are evil because we value the dark arts and we arrive on a German fucking U-boat and we show up at Hogwarts in a German submarine. It's so bad. There are schools all over the world that I would love to see more of. I would love to just explore more of the, the establishment of the wizarding world and how they kind of build their world as things kind of split apart. What if there was like a Riverdale-esque version <laughs> show of like the American wizarding school? It's all just teens having like premarital sex, just underage sex all over the place. And it's just like, I don't know. Yeah, that, that would be the, the American wizard school. There'd be no emphasis on the magic at all. It'd be like, who's sleeping with who? Like teacher, student, sex scandal. It'd be everything that Riverdale is already. What is what is the American school? It's like fuzzy bums or something. <laughs> I did not go all yes. in on what fuzzy the, bums. the new lore is. You could be a pig Ouija. The American wizard school is called Ilvermorny. Yeah, I think I knew that. I have not looked really into this. That sounds like a migraine. Like, what were you doing? What that sounds doing? poorly thought out. Yeah. That I, sounds like four people wanted to name the school something and they each picked a syllable and moved them together. Yes. Yeah. That might have been the original name. I don't know. It's terrible and I don't like it. That might have um, been how they got that name. And yeah, there's like there's like no American wizards in in like the original stories. It's like you get a little glimpse of like, oh yeah, there were some American witches talking at the at the at the Quidditch World Cup, but they were like, eh, not really. Not really much outside of, you know, obviously the the English school in uh, Hogwarts. And that is the focus. But you have such a rich world out there. And as you can see through, you know, theme parks and things like that, there's a lot they can do with it and a lot they can expand upon it. And this in this age of content, which we're in right now, it's like a content revolution. Um, yeah. With the amount of content that we have at our fingertips right now, there's some really great ways that stories from this universe kind can be shared with us via you know streaming apps and 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 even books new books or comics and even movies you can have it all you know kind of piece together this large fabric uh, of a universe and harry potter and the wizarding world is one of those things that actually can make it i think work unlike some other things like the dark universe tried to i'm going to see i'm going to see how the wizarding world in general gets established and what it was like to see humans and muggles kind of living more together and eventually seeing how the world that they have, the two separate worlds that they have now were, were established and separated. Yeah, we, we just want a D&D show. I just want a D&D show. <laughs> it's um, a D&D podcast. Yeah, it's a D&D podcast. If, if Another fucking D&D podcast. We tricked you all along. All right, now we're going to tell you a story. Roll, di- roll for oh, initiative. I have a 21. But I'm actually 53. <laughs> Oh my God. It all comes back to hot fuzz. It would also, to kind of tie along with what you said, and I just thought of this because I thought of Gravity Falls for a second and just Dipper with the book kind of trying to make sense of all of the like supernatural stuff around him. It would be cool to see that show story from a muggle's perspective that isn't aware. I like that. Of like the magical world and like keeps finding like traces of shit and is like, what the hell is this? And like the farther (laughs) like they get into it, they realize there's this whole other... Yeah, a uh, whole other world. I think that's great. I love that. So yeah, no, I think I think we have some really good ways to handle this franchise. If J.K. Rowling decided to stop being such a you know hateful, horrible person, Emma but, Watson's doing a great job. But Emma Watson, yes, yeah, she's doing a great job. So yes, that were that, those were a whole collection of you're ideas. You're a wizard, Harry. Are your happy birthday, Harry? Oh my God, we didn't pitch our Hagrid pirate show. Where Hagrid's uh... like, I don't want to be the gamekeeper no more. I'm going to be a pirate. But he only like pirates like the one lake at Hogwarts and fights the squid. I I, I think that's great. Imagine just the show. Here's Hagrid still fighting that squid. Uh, yep. It's just like, it's a it's a one episode miniseries. This is just one episode of it. And it's called Hagrid the Hogwarts Pirate. 
And it's just like Hagrid like was just tired of being overworked and underpaid and underappreciated and just fucking lives alone. He can't take it anymore. And he's like, oh, I'm going to become a pirate. You'll all see. And no one takes him seriously. He has a fucking psychotic break. And he builds like a shitty pirate ship and he goes out on the lake and he fights the giant squid to the death. And all the Slytherins can watch him from their common room because they're in the dungeons. And they have that huge underwater window. And they're just watching the fight happen. They're like, is that Hagrid? Is he fighting the giant squid? And then possibly, all right, wait. The audience votes who lives, who dies. Oh, interactive. Hagrid's totally not making it out alive. That squid's eating him. And whoever wins gets a spinoff. Oh, oh the squid? Yeah. Oh my Hogwarts God. squid. Hogwarts squid. That would be, it's great. I would vote for Hagrid. I, don't, I, I think I love that. Hagrid's like the best character in the series, but the squid, I think the squid would have a chance because people, people love chaos when they get to vote. They're just like, I'm going to, I'm going to vote for the chaos. Yeah. It's like Jason Todd. That's like America. All right, everyone. Well, thank you for tuning in. That was a whole, <laughs> whole lot oh of God. ideas involving Harry Potter and the wizarding world surrounding it. Once again, I have to thank Mr. Jordan Hugh as the greatest co-wizard on this wizard radio show. And a thank you to Mike, who is the headmaster of my heart. Oh, well, that's great. Thank you so much. And it's very nice to have Amanda back here giving us her fantastic ideas and where to find them. Amanda, who is the magical songbird that can heal any wound. That's right. She can heal all those wounds. We got really sentimental with our nicknames this week. It was very nice. It was very nice. There was no poking, no fun. Anything anything left to say, Jordan? Oh my goodness. Thank you very much and enjoy your We don't want to get in trouble. I don't think they would sue us for performing it this poorly. You're right. You're right. Did well, once again, to avoid getting sued. That's right. Thank you all. Thank you all very much. Once again, this has been another chaotic hour of How About This. Oh, you're a wizard, Harry. And that's that, folks of the internet, muggles and wizards and witches alike. We hope you enjoyed that episode of How About This. We had a blast recording that one. Thank you once again for to Amanda for joining us in the studio to talk about this franchise. We really hope you enjoyed our ideas, and we hope to see some things like this come to fruition in the future. Now, thank you all so much for listening to How About This and for supporting us, and if you want to continue to support us, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at How About This Pod, but also please, on the podcatcher of your choosing, give us a review write some comments because that will make the show all that much more visible so that we get more viewers and more people who get into it and we really keep the conversation going and we continue to make episodes like this for you. We're getting really close to the summer, so expect a few more episodes, but then Jordan and I are going to come at you with the summer of slam. We are so excited to talk about that in the near future and it's going to be a wacky fun show. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week.